ladies and gentlemen, there has been a murder, and you are a suspect. Oh, this is so fabulous. Ain't nothing like getting together with family and having a good meal. I wonder what's for dinner. This is delicious. It was at this moment he knew. This is rotten. Ah! What'd you say? I said eat. <laughs> Drink. Is it better times or bad times? I can't remember. Probably better times. It reminded me of the better times. Yeah. That, makes, that makes more sense. <laughs> but I mean, well, I was like in the fourth the good grade. Times the bad times. It's when I learned this All song. All right, we so. got to hold on. We got to fucking love them. We can pull up the lyrics real quick. Let's see what the damn tub thumping shit is. It is. He drinks a whisk. He drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a lager drink. He drinks a cider drink. He sings the songs that remind him of the good times. He sings the songs that remind him of the better times. Better times. You got it. This is the better times, y'all. It makes sense. We're yeah. It's the better times because you know why? Why? Because we're finally getting to the end of our series, South Carolina Strange and Sinister. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. I think we've nailed it. We've gotten so good with that. But yeah, we're in the final episode of our, of our episode. first season ever of EDM. And this it's just is number like, 10, right? Yes. Shout out to us for making it 10 episodes. I mean, that's that's a landmark. That is. That is. Look at us. And we're almost we're to the very it. end. And we definitely saved the best for last. Because in these last episodes of South Carolina Strange and Sinister, we would be remiss if we didn't talk one of the most infamous serial killers in South Carolina history. And who is that? We're talking about the Hitchhiker's Killer. Uh-huh. The redneck Charles Manson. Yeah. The meanest man in America. Pee-wee Gaskins. Yes, sir. We're doing Pee-wee Gaskins. We have finally arrived. Yes, indeed. Now, before we go into our story, let's get into our uh, our bon appetit. What do we have tonight? So we had uh, steak sandwiches. Yeah. Delicious steak sandwiches. I made some steak sandwiches, but do you know what the reason why we were doing steak sandwiches? Tell me, CD. Why did we have steak sandwiches today? So, a couple years ago, I had an injury, and I had to have some physical therapy, and I happened to be partnered with someone in physical therapy who was a guard for Pee Wee Gaskins while he was in prison. That is really And one of the things that the guy told me... Yeah. And one of the things the guy told me was that, man, he was a mean son of a bitch, but he could cook a good steak sandwich. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're we're doing our steak sandwiches tonight, and we also did some ginger ale. What, what, What was that? So for our drink, we had, it was rum and ginger. Right. But the reason why we chose this drink is because the ginger ale was sourced right here in South Carolina. Where we get the ginger ale from, CD? A no. bottling company here in South Carolina. It's called Blenheim. Blenheim. It's a German ginger beer. Where'd you get it from? Uh, south of the border. South of the border. It's, it's that little, yeah, it's that kooky little fairy... Very racist. Very racist. I don't know if you've ever been. I know that I used to, every time we went to Myrtle Beach, 
here from right. Columbia, when we traveled to Myrtle Beach, we would always go through south of the uh, border. Those signs are everywhere, but it's just like, it's just full of cultural appropriation. The owners aren't Hispanic, but they do have a bottling company of ginger, of ginger ale there. Yeah. And I just happened to, you know, be stopping by and I was like, hey, I'm going to get some of their final ginger. Yeah. So we put, put some spiced rum with it and it actually goes really good. Because it's, it's a spicy ginger ale. It's a very spicy yeah. ginger ale. Yeah. Check it out if you want, you know, whatever. So. <laughs> yeah, so but anyway, we did our eat, we yes. did our drink, and now it's time for us to get into the murder. Oh, this should be killer. It's Pee Wee Gaskin. Yeah, this should be killer. It's Pee Wee Gaskin. Ah, it's a little too, too much Crickets. of a dad joke for me. <laughs> but yes, Pee Wee Gaskins, born with the name Junior Parrot, was born in Leo, which is a small town outside of Florence, in 1933. He was responsible for at least 15 murders across the American South, but he claimed to kill over 110 people. Our source for this episode tonight is Pee Wee's grotesque autobiography titled The Final Truth. It's a rare look into the psychotic mind of a killer told from death row months leading up into his execution. In fact, Pee Wee had it in his will to not release this book until after he was executed. Wow. And there's some, you know, pretty good reasons for that because this book is absolutely disgusting. And I would say it's probably about 90% bullshit, mm-hmm. but even in all of the lies, there is something to decode from that, you know? Right, right. So we're going to go through this from Pee Wee's point of view. Okay. Just in case you didn't know, he got the name Pee Wee because, yes, he was a very small man, only growing up to be uh, 5'4". Right? He was, how tall are you, Shreve? Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, because he was so small, Pee-wee had a really rough childhood. When he was just one years old, he reportedly drank a bottle of kerosene, which caused him to have convulsions until he was three. And for uh, our drink today, I was thinking. Yeah, I know that I, I knew that about him. And for our drink today, I was thinking about doing a drink that is called kerosene. Oh, there's a drink called kerosene. There's a drink called kerosene. We'll do that for the next episode. Maybe we'll do that for the next yeah. episode. No, but it looked really gross, and I was like, um, I don't think I want this. It's it's like one part Jägermeister, Oof. one part spiced rum. Okay, well we got the spiced rum. We got already. the spiced rum, so. Maybe we'll try it. If we have any left after this episode, but... Anyway, he grew up on a tobacco farm with his mother, Yulia Parrott, and four other siblings. Over the years on the farm, he was subject to countless beatings from several of his mother's boyfriends, which he called his stepdaddies. Yulia wound up marrying the meanest of which, who went by the name Hennet Hannah. And let me tell you something about this whole book of The Final Truth. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of, like ridiculously hilarious names in this. I mean, Hen and Hannah. Anyway, I don't know if that's South Carolina or just Pee Wee's imagination, but there's tons of funny names and we're, we're going to talk about all of them. Hen and Hannah. Hen it. <laughs> Hen it. He would just backhand little Pee Wee across the room just for fun. Now that's but, not funny. No, yeah. it's not. It's not. And that wasn't the only abuse he suffered. According to him, other kids would beat up on him so much on the count of him just being so small. What they would do after they would beat him up is they would sing Pee-wee, Pee-wee, playing with his pee-pee. Oh, man. <laughs> it's so, so <laughs> fucking messed up. Who called him Pee-wee? 
Where that was the that nickname name? he decided to just go with. Yeah. yeah. I mean, just his lean name into was it. Junior Parrot. Right. Junior Parrot. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty terrible. Yeah. It's like a small little beard. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, whether it was the kerosene he drank when he was one or the memories he was trying to suppress from getting beat up from all these, you know, kids and his stepdaddies, Pee Wee stated that his childhood was real hazy, but he remembers one memory very well. Going to the carnival. He's a carny guy. He likes the carnival. I was a carny for a little while. I understand the appeal. But anyway, specifically he detailed one encounter while he was at the carnival that he had with a snake wrangler. Mm -hmm. Here's the story as told by Pee Wee. By the way, just real quick, Pee Wee has the voice of Mr. Hanky from South Park, just in case case y'all wanted to know. (laughs) Then the man stopped talking. He took out a live rat out of a box and dropped it in a cage with a snake. The rat ran around and around real fast. The cobra stirred and coiled, rose up and flared out its neck. The rat stopped, froze like it thought if it stayed still, it might turn invisible. What took hold of my attention right then and there was that the cobra's head was almost exactly as high up as my head. When I looked through the glass, I was staring right at it in the eye, and my reflection looked like that cobra and me had the same head and face and eyes. The snake struck, then stretched out, went back to sleep. The rat didn't move. I looked at my reflection, then at the cobra, and I turned and I saw my girl cousin. <laughs> girl cousin. <laughs> I saw my girl cousin holding tight to my mama's leg. And I looked at my mama, my stepdaddy, and I saw they seemed pretty scared too. I had a hard on. And I knew that what I had just seen was somehow special and important, even though I didn't know why. (laughs) (laughs) So Pee Wee stopped going to school after this after this incident, what he remembered from his childhood the most. Right. And he left school when he was probably about 11 years old and started working full time as an auto mechanic shop. He was actually a really handy guy when it came to electronics and engines and that type of stuff. And that will play into his criminal role in in the future. Right. It was around this time he also met his best friends growing up, two boys named Danny and Marsh. They call themselves the Trouble Trio. The group of deviants would get into all types of trouble. Here's one of the stories Pee Wee told in his book. I remember that the worst whipping I ever got was the one time me and the two older boys dug up a trench in the back of the outhouse at church so we could hide there and watch all the women and girls when, when they pulled down their pants. <laughs> <laughs> Three sets of stepdaddies, a preacher, a deacon, and four mamas, including my mama, joined together and tore our asses up to ribbons and switches for that. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Is that really what you oh wanted to God. see at the church? That's when you have like the worst shits is when you're at church. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they dug a trench to spy on people taking shits. Yeah, like a, like Gross. A, the, a, a potty cam uh-huh. <laughs> kind of deal. But this this what, you know. Live. Right. <laughs> it's live. <laughs> like, hold on, one's coming. And they just like dug out the way. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, this is also when Pee Wee started his life of crime. That's a crime in itself, what he did earlier. But I mean, this is also is. when he starts getting into some of his more serious crimes. He and the Trouble Trio began with small crimes like petty theft and then quickly escalated to burglary, breaking into houses around town. When they weren't stealing, they would usually hang out in an abandoned house outside of the town 
they called the hideout. Yeah, I heard, heard about this. At the hideout. What they would do at the hideout. Right. At the hideout, <laughs> Pee-wee says that that's where he and the Trouble Trio would smoke cigarettes. Right. You know, pretty normal. Mm-hmm. Um, masturbate. That's a little getting a little, you know, out there. I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. But uh, the, then they would also cornhole each cornhole. other. Cornhole. Yeah. Cornholing. <laughs> they cornhole. <laughs> which what is, is cornholing? That, that's just, uh, Do we want to know? Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, sodomy. Oh, right? butt sex. Yeah, butt sex. There you go. Mm, got it. And when the butt... Just a little when the casual corn, thing he would do with right. his friends. And when the cornholing wasn't good enough, they would fuck sheep, chickens, and goats. I mean, that's... Oh, that's kind of they would also lure younger boys to the hideout to include them in this debauchery. So that's a crime, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Occasionally, the group would travel to Columbia or Charleston to rent a Lady of the Night. And that's also... How they, as Pee Wee describes it, lost their pussy fuck cherries. That's how he describes them. Yes, lots of right. That's where he lost. They, I guess they lost their virginity to a female. But he calls it yeah, the pussy fuck. He's, yeah, he's got a bunch of phrases like this in in his book. You know, they thought cornhole in at the hideout was just as good. Apparently, <laughs> they got tired of these loose women and prostitutes and decided that what they needed was a virgin. One of the boys, Marsh, suggested that. They should use his 13-year-old sister. How old were they at this Around point? the same age, like 11, 12, 13. Okay. Yeah. So what ends up happening is one day they trick Marsh's sister into thinking they were all going to go see a movie together. But instead, they took her to the hideout and took turns raping her, oh which is God. fucking awful. They promised to give her money if she didn't tell anyone. And she agreed, but ended up telling her mom, who pulled up on Pee Wee later that evening. So the parents decided to not go to the law about this. Okay. But instead, they strung up each of the boys upside down by their ankles and beat them with switches until they were bloody. And while all that was happening, Pee Wee remembers having an erection. Oh, God, gross. So after this whole entire debacle, the Trouble Trio ends up breaking up. Mm-hmm. However, Pee Wee still continues his life of crime, breaking into houses, until one day during an attempted burglary, Pee Wee comes face to face with a hatchet-wielding girl who was staying home while her parents were at a funeral in Lexington County. <laughs> Pee Wee knew this little girl. In fact, Pee Wee regularly targeted people he knew, and this is something that we'll see later in the story as well when we get into some of more of his serious crimes. There was a brief struggle with the girl, but Pee Wee managed to pry the hatchet away from her, and using the backside, hits her on the arms, back, and finally once on the head until she didn't move. Oh no. At this same time, the girl's aunt walks in through the back door of the house and chases Pee Wee off with a shotgun. When he gets home, the sheriff and two deputies were waiting for him and they take him to jail, charging him with assault with a deadly weapon and intent to kill. The girl was sent to the hospital and was in critical condition for a while, but she pulled through. As a result, Pee Wee was sent to the South Carolina Industrial School for White Boys, which nowadays would be totally different and he would have to stay there until he was 18 years old mm-hmm. and that's where Pee Wee said he got his real education consequently this is also when Pee Wee says he discovered his real name see at this time he was still going by Pee Wee but his name was Junior Parrot but whenever he got indicted apparently his name was Donald Henry Gaskins Jr. And from what his mother told him, his dad was a rich man who lived in a different town and forced his mom to keep, you know, the baby Pee Wee a secret. 
Right. But most likely this is bullshit. And Pee Wee just picked out a name of somebody that was a rich guy from another town. And because, you know, just the way things were back then, nobody could really, I guess, prove it. Right. You know, it's not like it's... So he just came up with that. He did, Yeah, he just came up with that with Donald that Henry Gaskins? Yeah, Don, Donald Henry Jingle. Gaskins Jr., Jingle. which does sound a lot better than, P. you know... Gaskins. Or Junior Parrot, right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his first night in reform school, he was approached by a giant kid named Poss, also known as Boss Poss Hoss. Boss Poss Hoss. And yeah, he was raped. After Boss Poss Hoss was done, the other boys also took their turns on Little Pee Wee. Damn. Yeah, I know. It's really messed up, but I guess that's kind of karma, right? But he's also kind of into it, right? Uh, pr- probably all of this is true, but <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, I'm just looking at it from the perspective that they see this kid as a problem. They're doing everything they can to fix it, but it just looks like everything they're doing oh, is Oh, no, you don't go to jail or prison it. to get better. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's just so nobody has to deal with you. True. So, yeah, Pee Wee learned real quick that sex was very important in reform school. They had kind of like a caste system, and they called it the pecker order, where essentially what it meant was the big ones just fuck the little ones. It's pretty awful. Oh, my God. Um, it's not funny, but like the, the names that he comes up with, the pecker order, like a pecking order. Uh-huh. But anyway, Pee Wee acquiesced to this pecker order and became Paws' right-hand bitch boy, which I guess, like, you know, he, he kind of gets protection at the same time. So mm-hmm. it didn't seem like he minded it too much. Anyway, unfortunately, what Pee Wee didn't like was the pecker order also had pecker order trading. So he was traded to other boss boys that were in different dorms and he didn't like that so much. Pee Wee decided that he had enough of the pecker order. I'm going to stop saying pecker order. <laughs> he had enough of the pecker order and decided to run away with four other boys armed with knives while it was visitor day. And the, the reform school actually didn't have a bunch of guards or anything like that. It was kind of mm-hmm. it wasn't like juvenile hall. I guess it was juvenile hall, but it was like out in the sticks. So they didn't really have like fences and stuff. It's just like you're kind of on your own if you leave. Yeah. You know? They made it all the way to Pamplico, back back with the, the Begums when they were stopped by police. But as the boys were being loaded in the truck on their way back to reform school, he we you know, he just kind of disappeared because <laughs> he was so small. He slipped away and ran into the woods. Right. It took him two days to get to his old sanctuary, the hideout. The next morning, he was kicked awake by a Florence County deputy who took him promptly back to the reformatory where he received 30 lashes and three months of isolation. Pee Wee had at least two other attempted escapes um, that pretty much ended up the same way. He assaulted a guard once after receiving additional hard labor detail for, you know, talking back to him. And he was sent to the state mental hospital on Bull Street here in Columbia. Yeah. During during his stay at the mental hospital, he suffered a ruptured appendix and was eventually sent back to reformatory once he was all better. By this time, Poss Boss Hoss <laughs> had already been replaced by another big boy boss. Mm-hmm. So this time, Pee Wee's stay was even worse than it was before. He finally got away from the reformatory for good when he was given extra detail to clean out some garbage bins. Uh, he made his way to Sumter to meet up with his old celly, Boss Boss Oss. You know, even though he got out, he, he wanted to go hang out with them. Right. Who got him a job 
with his uncle being a rostabout for the carnival. Yeah, so he's, he's a full-on carny now. So he's he knows, a carny He now. knows what you got to do. He's living the dream. Right. Now, a rostabout is basically the person that helps put up and take down tents. Right. The carnival traveled up and down the southeast. Around this time, uh, Pee Wee also met his first wife, Mary, while he was a carny. Mary was 13. Pee Wee was 17. I think it's really weird. In the book, he says she was 13 and a half. <laughs> like... <laughs> I guess because, like, probably consent back then was, what, like, 14. So I guess he was like, she was real close. Anyway, he stated in his book, When I was around her, I felt like a combination of a lamb that couldn't bleat and a rhino with a four-foot heart on. But Mary, she wasn't no lot lizard. You know what a lot lizard is? This no. is something. This is the carny shit right here. No, what like, is a like lot a, lizard? Lot lizard is, a, you know, it's just a carny girl. It's a carnival okay. girl. Right. It, she could be a local, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But she, she hangs around the carnival, if you know what I mean. <laughs> but that wasn't Mary. She wanted to settle down. She wanted a house and kids. She convinced Pee Wee to actually go back to reform school so he could finish his sentence. And he didn't really have a lot of time left. It was just three months of the reform school. So the day after their marriage, January 22nd, 1951, Pee Wee goes back to reform school where he just spent the next three months in isolation and then was released. Okay. After he's, a, his, he's 18 now. Right. He, he got released at 18. Correct. Okay. After his release, he worked in a construction yard in Florence for a bit until he moved with Mary down to Georgetown and he got a government contract job logging cypress trees in the PD River. Mary got pregnant while he was doing this job with their first child. Unfortunately, nobody told Pee Wee that this government job only lasted a couple of weeks. So he had to move his family back to Florence again. This is when he got to rekindle a friendship that he had with a fellow inmate of the reform school named the slick duck (laughs) slick duck got peewee a job working on a tobacco farm which you know peewee grew up on so he had some experience there right and not too long after that the slick duck let him in on his little insurance scam business that he had going on it's always the insurance scam so funny yeah even that far back they're still doing insurance scams well what they would do for this scam is they would work with dirty and when i say dirty i mean in a legal sense they would work with dirty tobacco farmers across north and south carolina they would remove cured tobacco from barns that was ready to be sold and they would torch the barns and they would take that tobacco they took from the barn and auction it off across state lines. So the farmers would get insurance money from the barn burning. They would also get insurance money from the tobacco because it's an inspected crop. Mm-hmm. And they would also receive any profits from the tobacco that sold at those auctions across the state. So they would give Pee Wee and the Slick Duck a piece of the pie. Anyway, <laughs> nice. that's a nice little business. They did that for a while. Business was good until one day the police knocked on Pee Wee's door, but they weren't looking for him because of the scam. They were looking for the Slick Duck. Apparently... The Slick Duck's ex-wife and her new husband had been found dead in Charleston. And the Slick Duck was the last bird flapping outside of their house. (laughs) (laughs) So Pee Wee knew his barn burning days were over. But he continued to work on the tobacco farm for a while. 
trying to lay low, stay out of the eye of the law. That was good until one day when he was working in a tobacco hanging barn and two sassy teenage girls walk in strutting their stuff. He's definitely a misogynist, by the way. He talks about even whenever he was little, he hated he hated girls. Anyway, one of them gives him some lip and she says to him, Pee Wee, you ain't even good enough to kiss my ass. So Pee Wee walks over to her and he hits her on the side of the head with a ball peen hammer, fracturing her skull. Jeez. It's awful. God, I don't know why I'm laughing right now. Just, but it's just it's straight so up over the top. And hit her yeah. in the skull. Yeah. Maybe he was upset because the truth is, deep down, all he wanted to do was cornhole in the hideout. Yeah. Well, I you mean, know, it could be some suppressed thoughts there. He might be onto something. <laughs> but anyway, after this, Pee Wee went on the run for a little while, mm-hmm. staying in barns and breaking into vending machines for food. But he was caught five days later. He ended up pleading guilty to an attempted murder charge and was sentenced to five years at the South Carolina State Penitentiary right here in Columbia. Well, good. At least he got locked up for that, like five years for fracturing that person's skull. I mean, yeah, absolutely. One of the things he states in the book was that like he had a plea deal where he was going to receive a lesser charge and at the last second the judge threw it out or something like that and he got tricked, but that didn't really happen. When he first arrived at what he called the big house, Pee Wee experienced an overall easygoing atmosphere in contrast to reform school, at least at first. See, one of the things they would do at the pen is when you first get in, they really wouldn't mess with you because they wanted to gauge you. Right. So it wasn't too long before he was approached by a man offering him a cigarette. And after he offered him a cigarette, he casually mentioned, you belong to Arthur now. (laughs) So uh, Arthur is what Pee Wee referred to as one of the power men of the pen. And the power men got first picks of the fresh meat. That night, Pee Wee was moved into Arthur's cell where he was beaten and raped. Ironically, Pee Wee said he actually felt relieved <laughs> because because he knew what to expect now. So yeah, great. God. This is awesome. And anyway, for, for the next six months, Pee Wee did whatever Arthur said or told him to do, whether it was with him or somebody else. And it didn't take long for Pee Wee to grow tired of the abuse. And since plotting an escape at a state penitentiary would take some time, Pee Wee thought the best course of action would be to become a power man himself. Okay. He said to do that, he'd have to, you know, kill another power man. He said that in prison, they called that making your bones. Like mm-hmm. making, grinding your bones to make your bread. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's, he's not, a, he's not a giant. He's a, <laughs> anyway, he's actually quite the opposite, <laughs> but he called it making his bones. He wants to be a giant. Right. <laughs> so he decided to go after the meanest power man in jail who went by the name Hazel Brazel. Um, <laughs> and for the next three days, Pee Wee learned as much as he could about Hazel Brazel. Where'd he go? what he ate, and who he fucked. After gathering the necessary intel, Pee Wee put his plan into action by going to the kitchen and getting a ham and cheese sandwich for Hazel. He went to Hazel Brazel's cell, stuck out the sandwich and said, this is from Arthur. And he would continue this act of generosity for the next couple weeks until one day he walked in while Hazel Brazel was taking a mean fat shit. (laughs) And Hazel calls him into the cell to set down the sandwich on his table. After 
Pee-wee puts the sandwich on the table. He takes two steps up to Hazel Brazel while he's taking a dump and, and stabs him in the neck. He died like Tywin Lannister. <laughs> right. God. It's always with the, the Game of Thrones. It's so funny. Anyway, one of Hazel Brazel's boys rushed into the cell, but it was too late. Pee-wee had completely opened up his neck. Both Pee-wee and Arthur were sent to solitary because the warden assumed that Arthur had given Pee-wee an order to kill Hazel Brazel. Pee-wee also thought that Arthur would be furious, but as it turns out, Arthur was really happy with him because now Arthur was the biggest power man of the pen. Good job, Pee-wee. Right. <laughs> Get a pat on the back. <laughs> Pee-wee claims at this point that their charges got reduced from murder to manslaughter by the solicitor because everyone agreed that if someone in the state penitentiary needed to be killed, it was Hazel Brazel. Hazel So Brazel. that's good enough. <laughs> good job, Pee-wee. <laughs> We're just going to give you manslaughter. Which is probably just bullshit. <laughs> anyway, right. nonetheless, Pee-wee was sentenced to an additional three years, but for Pee-wee, this would be smooth sailing because he was a power man. Just three years? <laughs> yes, sir. He even got his own little bitch boy after this. Um, but he said he didn't treat him bad like he got treated by Boss 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 and Arthur. So... You know, well, he good was, on, he good was a on good power you. man. Yeah. We'll give him that. Though things inside prison may have been going smoothly for Pee-wee, outside there was a major problem. What's that? Mary was divorcing his ass. <laughs> his no good, dirty ass. And that's when Pee-wee plans his great escape from the South Carolina State Penitentiary. And that's where we'll pick up for part two of Pee Wee Gaskins. Ooh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait I'm gonna to hear I'm going to work it. on my Pee Wee voice while we're getting to the next episode. If y'all have any uh, ideas for us, we got to do our, uh, what's it called again? Oh, we forgot to do our Power Plug. Nice. We're switching it up. We're putting it at the end of the episode this time. Yeah. So I'm, thanks for I listening. Mean, should I do this yeah. as Pee Wee Gaskins, I guess? Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, yeah. You can reach us on all our delicious social medias. That would be Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. But if you need to directly message us and let us know how we're doing with our cornhole and just make sure to email us at eatdrinkmurderpodcast at gmail.com. What else? Let's see. Oh, yeah. And we also have this beautiful website. I don't know what a website is, but dang, I'd like to see one. And it's at eatdrinkmurder.com. Just eatdrinkmurder.com. I like to eat and I like to drink. And um, I'm Pee Wee. Goodbye. <laughs> He anyway. likes to murder too, but <laughs> oh yeah, murder! I forget this is my favorite. <laughs> Stab you in the neck! Ah! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, glad we're, we're going. Yeah. Finally got to Pee Wee, and we're on to the next episode. He's a funny little guy. I'll give him that. He is a monster. Is he wanting to break out of prison so that he can get to his wife? Well, we'll find out. That's exactly. what it is. The pot right. too. Yes. Pee Wee Gaskins. Until next time, everybody. Y'all have a great night. Bye. We love you. Bye bye. Oh, that's a hot one. That's a spicy meatball.